Hey, Fellowship Asheville, Fellowship Weaverville. Uh, I'm Fred. I'm your lead pastor, Nick, executive pastor. Welcome to the State of the Church 2019. Uh, we are glad to have you. Let me just kind of give you a, a big picture about what we're going to be doing in the next uh, few minutes. Uh, we want to remind you as the church of, of where we've been, of our mission and, and, and what God is doing and has done here. And then we want to look ahead to the future a little bit about, about where we feel God is leading us as a church. And so I want to start off first and just remind you a little bit about uh, who we are as a church and what God has called us to do. Uh, and that is that He has called us to be disciple-making disciples. And, and if you've been through discovery, you've been through DNA, you, you hear me talk about this quite a bit, and it comes from Matthew uh, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, uh, where Jesus gives some, a very clear command to those who are following Him. And I've heard it said somewhere that lasting words are, are last words or lasting words, and, and, and these are the last words that Jesus spoke uh, to His followers. And he told them, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And so, so he wants us to know that he is in charge. And then he says, therefore, go and make disciples. And he says, he says there's, there's two things under that, to, to teach them to obey everything that he's commanded them and, and, and to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But, but here's what I was reminded of recently, which I think applies to us is that when you look at the structure of that sentence, for you uh, grammar uh, geeks out there, the structure of the sentence, everything in that command hangs on make disciples. And so if you want to picture like an umbrella that says make disciples, and, and go is under that, and teach is under that, and baptize is under that. And so all of that is this idea of make disciples. And, and, and that's what Jesus told His people to do. And, and so that is what we strive to do, is to be disciples, but to also make disciples. And that's why, that's why, that's why we say we're a church where we are disciple-making disciples. And that's what we, that's what we strive to be. Uh, one quick uh, thing I have for you, one quick question. What is a disciple exactly? We talk about it a lot. It's talked about a lot, but really, if we were to define disciple, if you could explain that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great question, great question. Um, here's what I mean when I say disciple. That a disciple is a person uh, who is learning from Jesus, uh, and they're leading other people to Jesus. Now, what's interesting, when Jesus talked, he, he divided that into two categories, the people that we lead to Jesus. There's those who don't know them, and that's the, the whole baptism thing, that, mm -hmm. that, that's evangelism and, and, and reaching the, the, the folks that, that don't know Jesus, that don't go to church, that, that, that are, aren't part of the body of Christ. But then he also said, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And so it's also leading those people who do know Jesus to walk closer with Jesus, to, to grow in their sanctification. And so, so we see a disciple as being a person who is learning from Jesus. And so they're growing closer to Jesus. Uh, but it's also a person who, while they're learning, they're leading other people to walk closer with Jesus too. So that's yeah. that's yeah. that that's okay. what I mean when I say disciple. Um, let me give you a little bit too about kind of where we've been. So that's who we are. 
Um, we're going to talk about some really great things that's been happening here at Fellowship. Uh, but before we do, I, I want us to remember kind of where we've been uh, in the past 18 months, two years. Because as a church, y'all, we've gone through some stuff that um, we've never really uh, gone through before. And we've gone through conflict as a church. And, and I believe that we did that as a community of believers, uh, that, that um, there wasn't separation, but there was working it through this together and committing to work through that together. And, and, and for that, I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful to be a part of a church that's willing to enter the messy stuff of life uh, and to go through it together. And so, Nick, why don't you catch us up, too, on, on attendance and giving yeah, yeah. and staff changes and all that stuff? Yeah, and so I think, first of all, it's fantastic to point out where we've been and what we've dealt with. And it's not a simple thing. It's not easy things. But at the same time, I do agree, as we've worked through it as a church, it's been a a positive thing moving forward. Sometimes we have to experience tough times to move on the vision. And I'm just really excited about what we have in the future. You know, I believe we've dealt properly with the things in the past, but now I'm really looking forward to what we have in the future. Um, one of the things, just a current reality we have to comprehend is, is we've grown a ton in the past years. Um, six years or so, we've grown lots. Mm-hmm. Just and, and it's happened again and again and again. This past year was actually the first year where we did grow by about 58 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we decreased with that too. And so this is the first year and last year, the first year where we kind of just plateaued. And we're starting to see that has happened last year. But now we've returned to that growth this year. We're currently mm-hmm. at about 5% growth, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. But we don't want to be too optimistic just because we want to really focus on what the vision is and looking forward. And so I just wanted to point that out there. But I'm not you know, afraid of that. I'm not concerned about that. I just think it's a great opportunity to say, this is our current situation. Now what will we do in the future? What's mm-hmm. the future have for us? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited just to tell us, um, to look back at some things, uh, at some things we've, we've done and then some real practical things we have going forward. Um, the first all is uh, this year we get to hire a campus pastor and so at Weaverville campus. So we're really excited about getting to hire and interview those people. Although the interview process isn't all that fun. I don't particularly enjoy that. I know what we're looking for and I yeah. believe we've got it really uh, locked in about what we're looking for in that Weaverville campus position. And I'm really excited to see what that will look like. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to get to see what that campus will do with the campus pastor. Um, So just a few things. I wrote down a few things I want to share. I want to be real specific here. Weaverville launched March the 10th. Mm -hmm. Um, That campus has been so exciting to be a part of. I've gotten to be there most weeks. Um, But to see the number one thing I'm excited about, and we've been praying this from the beginning, is that our people will use its priesthood. Mm-hmm. They'll practice their priesthood. Tell me, and, um, tell me what you mean by that. Yeah, and I know that's a big word, and you hear priest, and it kind of freaks you out a little bit. But but this priesthood idea has been, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're filled with His Spirit, mm-hmm. and His Spirit has a gift for you mm-hmm. to use to reach the community, to build the church up. And so we've been praying that over people that we would be the royal priesthood. And so I've seen a number of families that I'm thinking of in particular that really haven't fully invested yet. But Mm -hmm. in this Weaverville campus, we've seen a doctor 
become a worship leader, which mm-hmm. has been uh-huh. exciting. We've seen moms become worship leaders. Uh-huh. We've seen families with lots of kids just give so much of their time. And I know they don't have a lot of time, mm-hmm. so much of their time to build up this church. And let me tell you, that's just been, a, and that's just a few of them. There, yeah. There's a ton of others happening. That's been so encouraging just as we've prayed for, for people to use their priesthood that's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to see what the future yeah. will hold. Um, the church continues to grow in that capacity. It's so fun and exciting. So Weaverville has just been a really bright spot. Despite all that we kind of dealt with last year, we launched a campus. Mm-hmm. And so that's an incredible thing. Most churches don't get to that's do huge. that. Yeah. So we're yeah. really just privileged that we got to do that. Um, another really bright spot is we've been serving in the community on a regular basis. A few of the things we've done, if you don't know, we just came off of hosting women mm-hmm. that used to live on the streets, experiencing homelessness, mm-hmm. and it, they're now in a 52-week transitional housing program where we host them two weeks last year, mm-hmm. where you guys are serving in that capacity with transportation, with meals, with overnight hosting, which I know is a big you know, time sacrifice, but mm-hmm. they love our church. They love coming to our church. And so that's just been a beautiful thing that we've gotten to done, this, uh, gotten to do. The school across the street knows that when they request us of things, we tell them yes. Mm-hmm. And they love that. Uh, just last week, we sent out um, wish lists to them and just met with them and said, hey, we, we want you to fill out these wish lists. And most of the teachers filled out a wish list. Then we presented it to you guys next week, and 100% of those lists got taken. Mm-hmm. And then so we get to provide all these teachers what they've asked for. And we're just teaching them the church is there for them. We're showing them the love of Jesus in a very practical way. You know, I don't know if, if you even know this, but, but after both services, there were a few cards left. And uh, during the first service, I had a guy come up to me and say, hey, whatever's left on the table, I've got. Oh, wow. And so, so it was great because then I just picked them up and, and gave that's them to amazing. him. And, and, and yeah, and so, so, that's, so they're all taken care Wonderful. of. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And so that, and we've just shown the school repeatedly if they need anything to ask us. And that's you guys. You make that happen. And I'm so grateful that we get to be a part of that. And then one other thing I'm thinking of is Ledgewood Lunch Program. Yeah. This past year, um, they reached out and said, hey, we can only feed the kids three times a week. And I said, that won't work. Let us take two days of the week. And so we passed that need on to you and you filled those needs. Uh And so we are known in the community for providing needs to uh, children, women. And I just love that. And so proud of that. We we get to be a part of this church. Um, Our Fellowship Kids is another one. If you've ever experienced Fellowship Kids, it's fun, exciting, it's engaging. And I love seeing kids learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this past year, we had one decision for Christ and 11 Baptisms, which is phenomenal. I think we just yeah. kind of take it for granted that kids are getting baptized, but yeah. 11 is phenomenal. And so we're so excited about that. A few other things we're getting experience with our kids is family worship. We talk about that a lot. It's great to mm-hmm. worship here at church, but it's really important to worship as a family. And we're hearing kids coming, telling us about what they're doing with their parents to worship. Mm-hmm. We're also seeing kids read the Word of God by themselves. Plus, we're seeing kids learning to give and learn scripture. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when they stand up and recite those verses, it's just so powerful mm-hmm. to see them give sacrificially of their allowance. Um, it's just a wonderful yeah. thing to see. Just so they're, they're, our kids are grasping what the gospel is all about. Um, our students. 
had made, uh, through the ministry, ha have seen 14 decisions made f f for mm -hmm. Christ this past year, mm -hmm. rededicating their lives, giving their lives to Jesus. We see two kids experience baptism, mm -hmm. or two teenagers experience baptism. Mm -hmm. um, missions trips, for the first time, our teens went on a specific missions trip mm -hmm. to Kenya. Mm -hmm. Incredible things. So it's so phenomenal to see the the teenagers experiencing the gospel of Jesus Christ, living it out and applying it to their lives in a, in a transitional time where they're learning what this is all about. Um, and then lastly, uh, they just came off 104 days of summer vacation. Yeah. So they had a ton of events, a ton of fun stuff. And I just know our teens are having a phenomenal time. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, as a, as a parent um, uh, with a child in FSM, particularly a child with, with special needs, mm -hmm. it's been pretty incredible to see how that ministry, how FSM has really um, surrounded my son and given him a place to grow spiritually. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, there are two leaders um, who, who Luke is, is interested in this cartoon. It's actually called Steven Universe, and it's kind of this obscure cartoon. And, and um, uh, they didn't know about it. And so what they did is they sat down and watched two seasons of Steven Universe just so they could talk to Luke about stuff that interests him. Oh, wow. That is incredible. Is. And, and uh, Luke may not have thought that much about it, but we did. Mm -hmm. And and now he knows there are people at church and people at FSM that know him and love him and care for him. That yeah. is incredible it to is. me. And so, so church, uh, what God is doing in and through these ministries is absolutely incredible. Even as far as people coming to fellowship um, in our assimilation ministry, uh, from what we can tell, we've had about 590 people visit fellowship uh, in the last year. A hundred of those, 99 to be specific, have gone through our discovery class, uh, and 60 of them have become members. Um, and we've had, I think, 18 baptisms total when you look at fellowship kids and student ministries That's and adults great. for the whole year. And so all of that is really exciting. And here's what's exciting. The numbers aren't exciting. But what's exciting is that those numbers represent people and they represent souls that have been changed. And so that church is incredible. Because that is what Jesus is doing in and through this church and in and through you is, is as you invite people to join you at fellowship, they come, they experience the gospel in a, in a fresh way. They experience church in a way that, that, that hits someplace in their soul. Like sitting in, in discovery, we always ask people, what brought you to fellowship or how did you know fellowship is your home? And time and time again, that's what we hear. People show up and they just say, I just knew this was my home. I just knew this was my place. And we can't plan that. We can't structure that. So, so church, thank you for what you're doing uh, to help make that possible. And then we also have groups. It's interesting. Last year, we had uh, about uh, 36 groups total. This fall semester, we're gearing up to have 30, maybe even a little bit over 30 just this semester. And so, so you are growing in leaders. You are growing in your, in your desire and want to, to be in a circle with people and to, and to experience life change in a circle together. And so that is awesome. And I look forward to this fall as we kick off those Bible study groups, as we kick off our sermon response group, as groups, as we kick off our focus groups. And last year, we did a little survey from people in groups just to hear what impacted them with their group. You know, if, if, you, if they did a group again, what were they hoping would be repeated? 
And what we heard time and time again is that that circle that they were engaged in was a place where they didn't have to go through the difficulties of life by themselves, that they would go through with people uh, that cared for them together. It was a place where they learned how to engage it with their Bible, which is part of the reason we do Bible studies the way that we do. That's part of the reason we don't give you a book to fill in blanks. We want you to open your Bible and to read and to engage with the scriptures yourself so that when you come to group, you have done that. Because our hope is at the end of a Bible study experience, not only do you know a book of the Bible better, but that you know how to engage with God's word better. Um, and so people have said that happened, that they learned to engage with their Bible better, that they grew in their spiritual life. And, and so y'all, that stuff is stuff that, that, that we are so thankful to the Lord uh, for doing. It's pretty incredible. Absolutely. And so what I want to do, too, is kind of share with you a little bit about where we're going. Here, here's one of the things I've seen. Um, part of my role as lead pastor is to, is to get time to, to hear from the Lord about how He is, is, is seeing our church, how He's moving in our church, and where He wants to take our church. And I don't take that responsibility lightly. We, I, I listen to the Lord. I sit down with the elders. We talk through it. We, we make sure that it is, it is the direction that, the, that Jesus is taking us. And here's one of the things that, that I believe uh, the Lord is showing me right now, that, that right now uh, we are a good church for churched people. And here's what I mean by that. Um, people can come from multiple types of church experiences to fellowship, and they experience two things. One, uh, they experience the gospel in a way that is, is fresh for them. A lot of times people have said, you know, I've always known that God loves me, but now I know that He likes me. Hmm. That they realize that, that the gospel is for them, that Jesus didn't just die for the world, that He died for them. And they experience this deeper personal relationship with God through Jesus uh, that is fantastic. And the other thing that they experience is, is a little bit of uncomfortableness. Uh, depending on their church background, we might do things differently than they're used to or familiar with. And, and we're okay with that. The gospel makes us uncomfortable in certain areas. But, but what they experience is this place that's safe for them to grow. Now, here's, here's what I'm noticing, that we are a good church for churched people. But the Great Commission, that Matthew 28 that I talked about, the Great Commission is for all people. And so although we're a good church for churched people, I feel like Jesus is asking us to be intentional about those who don't go to church anywhere, those who are far away from Jesus, those who don't know the gospel. And, and, and y'all, this, is, this isn't going to happen fast, but I believe Jesus is asking us to, to make this happen, uh, to be a church where unchurched people do feel safe coming to. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to water down our teaching. That doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't mean that. But what it means is that we're going to help equip you mm -hmm. as people in the church to reach those in your life who don't know Jesus. Mm -hmm. When you're sitting next to them at the soccer game, when you're sitting next to them at the football game of your kids, um, uh, wherever you are, uh, to be able to engage with those around you who, who don't know Jesus. And we're going to do that in, in various ways. But I want to share with you a real quick story about something that I experienced when my wife and I were on vacation. Uh, we were on this vacation. There was about 109 people uh, on this vacation with us. And, and, and as we got to know them, 
Stacy and I came real quickly to the conclusion that we were the only believers in that entire group of 109 people. Uh, they were from all over the world, and, and as we got to know them and hear their stories, and, and they got to hear our stories, they would ask, you know, what do you do? And, and so, of course, I would say, I'm a pastor, and I had one person look at me from Canada, right? So this isn't a person that's from, like, like wherever you think they've never heard the gospel. This is a person from Canada. And when I said I'm a pastor, she looked at me and she said, what's a pastor? Like she literally had no clue what I did. And y'all, I share that because I think that's in our imminent future here in Asheville. Asheville is a unique town in the, in the South. We're, we're technically part of the Bible Belt, but, but I think we are the last loop of that Bible Belt. We are barely holding on. And, and I think in years, not decades, we're going to have people that look at me and say, what is a pastor? That they just don't know what it is that, that I do. They don't know what it means when you say you're a Christian. And so we want to help equip you for what is coming in the future. And so one of the ways we're going to do that in our growth groups, we're going to start sharing our life stories, our life maps and our growth groups. And the reason we're going to do that is because we want you to know how to share your story, how to be able to share your story of where Jesus intersected your story and, and where you gave your life to him. And, and, and kind of what's happened after that. And so we want to equip you to do that. So we're going to do that as part of our growth groups. What we're also going to do is we're crafting our sermon series to also be a place where you can bring people uh, who know nothing about the church. And so what we're going to do the, after this message for the next three weeks, we're going to do three messages on helping you know how to share your life and share your story and to share in service but then after that, we're going we're gonna to do a series called Love, Sex, and Jesus. But we're going to go oh. through the Song of Solomon. Yeah, I know. You get to nah. teach some of us. So that'll be fun. Um, but, but, but we're going to create a series that's about marriage and about relationships. And, and, and what does the Scripture say about marriages and about relationships? Because we all need that. Whether we're far away from Jesus or whether we've been walking with Jesus for years, we, we all need that. And it is a great, safe place uh, to bring people to experience what church is like. And then we'll, we'll do Christmas. And over Christmas, we're going to talk about how to have a simple Christmas uh, because I think that just sounds good. That's great. Right? And then after that, we're going to do a series on Revelation. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And here's why. Even non-believers know about the, the book of Revelation. True. Believers are afraid of it. Um, and I want to help us unpack it. And, and what does it say? Uh, and, and, and how does that help us today? And so, so we'll do that after Christmas. And, and I'm looking forward to that. But I want to tell you all, too, as a, as a church, when we say we want to be a place for uh, those who, who aren't going to church anywhere, here's what I mean by that. I just want to see a, a, a growth in that area. I would love to see like 25% of our growth be from people that don't go to church anywhere. And the way that practically works out is about 20 new families, 20 new households here to fellowship of people who have no or little church experience in their background. And what that means for you is that things might get a little messy here at fellowship, right? I mean, if you've been around here for a while, you know we're already a hot mess as it is, but it might get more messy yeah. as the person sitting next to you may be a person that, that, that you wouldn't normally be around or normally connect with. But fellowship, here's what I know about you. You are a place that welcomes everyone. And so I know you will do that. 
I know you will welcome them. I know you will connect with them. And I just want to encourage you to do that. Why? Because Jesus did that to us. He welcomed us. He connected with us. He gave himself to us. And so we can do that for others. So that's what I've got. Now then, I want to share with you a little bit too about what this means for you. Not only will it get messy, but what does this mean for you and how you can join in? Uh, Obviously, like I've talked about, uh, we want you to be engaging with those around you. And, and, and part of what that means, going back to our mission statement about being a good disciple, uh, Jesus told this parable um, when he was teaching about the good soil. And y'all are probably familiar with it, where this, this guy was throwing seeds out into a field and, and some of the seeds landed on a path and some of the seeds landed on the rocks and some of the seeds landed in thorns. And as those plants grew up, they didn't take. But, but Jesus talked about the, the plants that landed in this good soil. And those are the plants that took and they grew. And and what Jesus said when his disciples asked what it means is he said, these are the people who hear the word of God, who understand it and who bear fruit. In other words, their life is changed and people can see a difference and that fruit is good for other people. And so at Fellowship, what we've seen is that good soil happens in in, in, in four different ways. It happens when people attend church. In our culture right now, there is this growing trend to attend church less often, that the average attender, and this is the, this is the average person who's committed to church, comes twice a month. And, and, and so you can imagine what that means for, for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen is that when you are here and when you are attending and you are engaging at what happens here on a Sunday morning, that that is one of the qualities that produce this good soil in your life where you can hear and understand and bear fruit. But not only is it a 10, but when you're giving of your finances sacrificially and you're giving of your finances joyfully, that that shifts the priorities in your life and it shifts the priorities in your spending. When you're in a group, when you're in a circle living life with people, and then when you're serving, that, that as Nick said, that God has gifted you for the for the building up of the body, which means he's gifted you for something that we need here in the church, and he's gifted you for the good of the city. And so when you're doing that, when you're serving in the church and you're serving those around you, when you're attending church and you're giving and you're in a group, what we've seen time and time again is that that is good soil where you can hear the word of God and understand it and and bear fruit. That's what it means to, to be a good disciple. So Nick, what, tell us a little yeah. bit about what it means to, well, to be a disciple maker. I was going to say, you just told us what it means to be a disciple and then yeah. well, how to be a disciple maker. And I think it's interesting that those things, those two things are pretty parallel. Yeah. Uh, so starting next week, it will lay out the foundation for it. But of course, we don't want it to be just as quick, you know, program that we do. We want it instead be like principles, we want to live by as we follow Jesus, as we pursue our faith, as we flesh out what this means to be, you know, process our sanctification and see other people come to know Christ, make disciples. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about is sharing life. And um, one thing I love about this is it just means to do what you've always done, but invite people to it. Mm-hmm. It really is and, that um, simple. Isn't yeah, it? it sounds like when, when I hear it, I, I panic a little bit. I get this sense. I'm going to have to start all these new things. I'm going to have to w- change my life radically. But actually what we're saying, what I believe scripture teaches is keep doing your life. 
You know, keep doing the things God calls you to do, but invite other people into it. Mm -hmm. Invite them into your homes, invite them to your lunch appointments, invite them into your coffee shops and the various places you do. Invite people into your life and just be free. Then part two of that, and this is just going to happen through natural conversation, share your story. Mm -hmm. um, so often we're afraid of our story. So often we're a little bit ashamed of it, maybe. But there's so much freedom in telling people what we've experienced because they're experiencing the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes we go into conversations afraid they're going to think poorly of us or whatever. But the reality is they're going through, have gone through possibly the exact same stuff. And they're experiencing freedom when we share what we've gone through. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is going to be just serving other people. For some people, this is natural. We just naturally want to pour out our lives and hearts to people. For those others, maybe it's a bit more of a, a private thing, but I'm confident as, as each of us has a call to be a part of the royal priesthood that we are filled with His Holy Spirit within us that's equipped us and empowered us to go out and serve other people. Really practical things, perhaps big extravagant things. I don't want to limit what God has mm -hmm. for you, but it's going to be really exciting just talking about being uh, people who make a disciple who makes a disciple. I really can't wait as we share our lives. We share our stories and as we serve other people. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then too, here's what we ask you to do as well. Um, as, we, as we close, um, in this aspect that I feel like God is leading us to, to be a church um, for those who don't have a church, um, I ask you to, to make a list of 10 people and put them on an index card or a sticky note, put it in your car, put it on the refrigerator, put it in your mirror, and pray for those 10 people regularly mm -hmm. to come to know Jesus, um, to, to get plugged into a church, whether it's our church or a church somewhere here in town that we know and love, like, like, like pray for them. And let's see what God does. And so, so I'd love for you to write out 10 people and pray for them. And this is between you and God. We're not going to ask for the list or anything like that. I just ask you to do that, to spend a part of your time in prayer for those who don't know Jesus. And so, y'all, that, that's what we ask. We ask uh, for you to continue doing what you're doing because, y'all, God is doing some great things here. And to know that uh, we're going to be asking God to bring people to be a part of our body that don't know Him. And, and that come to know Him and so that we can, we can all be a part of that together. And we're going to ask you to be that good soil where a disciple is, to attend, give, to be in a group and to serve. Um, and we're going to help equip you in every way that we can. Church, I love you. I'm humbled and amazed by what God is doing, not only in this church, but through this church to the city. So thank you for being you. Thank you for having your hearts open to Him and to following Him step by step as He leads you.